how will you curb inflation? You will see. Yeah. <laughs> but but <laughs> how are you going to do it? It will come. It will come. How? It will come. <laughs> <laughs> but Christina, it's doubled. It will come. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, we're back, Pod 92, brought to you, as always, by the four Bs, Mr. Orlin, a.k.a. the Trillion Dollar Man, to Evil 10%, the People's Champ, myself, Sir Neverlook, a.k.a. the Excellence of Execution, and surprise, surprise, no surprise, Mrs. No Show, a.k.a. Mrs. No Show. We did, we did see Mrs. No Show over the weekend. In real life, indeed, she yeah. is alive. She talked about ESG strategy. She talked about her pronouns. Fact. And she talked about vegan food. <laughs> and how she was going to do a mass shooting at the weekend. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? That's ESG, isn't it? Fight <laughs> <laughs> for trans kids. <laughs> killing kids apparently <laughs> so we're about 10 seconds in we're already looking to get cancelled it's been a while since we've said anything cancelable and uh, yeah if we're going to come back on the cancellation route you've gone and done it Mr Orlin not bad uh, it's not bad at all not bad um, we've got a bump a week because as always, we are bringing everyone that listens, and thank you very much for all returning viewers and new viewers, um, a bump a week of stories in the world of Bitcoin. Uh, it really is. Like, I think a couple of weeks ago we said how you know things getting a bit quiet, and I think all we needed really was a bit of a pump in the price. We just kind of went from the you know, the high teens to the low 20s, and then suddenly this, you know, the FUD comes back people start hitting Bitcoin with some negativity. Just yeah. to go, what the hell? Bitcoin's getting too much positive news. Price, price is pumping. And then, uh, yeah, and then obviously the, the banking system continues to to implode. You know, we've got GigaChad coming out, buying more. And, uh, and and weirdly, the regulators seem to be coming after a load of the, the exchanges and, and some shit coins and stuff. And, uh, and I think it also just prompts some Bitcoiners just to write some good articles and and get out there a little bit and that's uh yeah it's, it's just suddenly we've just gone from yeah kind of almost scraping the bow a little bit to now mm. just going it has to be a top story to get in almost because yeah I think there's only room for so many but, but don't yeah. you worry we're here subscribe like share or don't share don't subscribe and don't even listen <laughs> we'll still be here yeah yeah too, too many listeners and then uh, we, we get cancelled pretty quick yeah. But uh, so we start with, uh, the, I think the biggest spoil story this week, I showed it at the top, was Greenpeace. As we know, these guys have been paid $5 million from Ripple for their change the code, not the climate campaign against Bitcoin. They're saying that Bitcoin is polluting the world and we need to uh, move to proof of stake. So that's why they want to change the code. They want to change the code in Bitcoin from proof of work to proof of stake. And uh, so they've been talking about this for the last couple of months, but then this week they come out with a fantastic piece of art. It's 
Satoshi's skull. Comes with a nice little video, which I'll play now. Think Bitcoin's not bad for the environment? Think again. Introducing my newest collaboration with Greenpeace. I'm Benjamin Von Wong, and I use art to raise awareness for issues like plastic pollution and climate change. Six months ago, I was studying the impacts of climate change in Greenland, where I saw firsthand what the climate crisis looks like. Greenland's ice sheet is melting fast, and witnessing it with my own eyes was absolutely gut-wrenching. That's where I met Rolf from Greenpeace and learned about how fixing Bitcoin could help solve climate change. Here's Rolf. Greenpeace's campaigning to change Bitcoin's code so it stops fueling the climate crisis and harming communities. Bitcoin's the world's most popular digital currency, and right now it's using as much electricity as entire countries, and most of that's coming from polluting fossil fuels like coal and gas. Bitcoin's climate damage got 125 times worse in just five years, but with the code change, we could cut the electricity needed to run Bitcoin by more than 99%. But how to make sure that people paid attention? Enter the Skull of Satoshi, a symbol I built connecting Bitcoin and environmental destruction. This 11-foot skull made from hundreds of pieces of electronic waste, like the kind generated from Bitcoin mining, is months in the making. And hopefully, you get to see it in person soon. Changing Bitcoin's code is going to take teamwork. We need everyone involved, from companies and government officials to crypto enthusiasts and climate activists. So like and share this video and follow Greenpeace USA to join the movement to change Bitcoin's code. And, uh... Yeah, it's just full of FUD and <laughs> misinformation about Bitcoin's energy use, but includes a kick-ass piece of artwork. I mean, when yeah. I first saw it, I loved it. And I, and I saw it out of context. Someone was just memeing it already. And I thought, wow, that's a cool bit of Bitcoin art that I haven't seen before. Instantly saved it to my phone when I'm keeping that for the, for the wallpaper of my phone kind of library. And looked at it a bit closer. I was like, what the hell are these massive chimneys pumping out smoke for? It looks like Bitcoin's just polluting the world here. Like it's not very Bitcoin friendly. Mm. And then yeah, a little bit of digging, it ties back to Greenpeace. I went, oh wow. So they are that is purposeful. It is supposed to be a negative image of Bitcoin, but it looked cool as fuck. So uh obviously very quickly got co-opted by Bitcoin Twitter. And then now they're getting memed to hell. But uh you know what do you guys think about it? I just shared my favorite image um, to the chat, and it's um, a bit of a meme. Obviously, the Bitcoiners had a bit of fun with it, and it's um, all your inflation are belong to us. Yeah. A bit of a nerdy reference, I think, to the 90s, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's one of these things, whenever we get the criticism of Bitcoin, it's never researched. You know, I've never come across an argument where they've actually done it justice. So it's like they haven't researched, they don't understand why it's proof of work, they don't understand what proof of stake is. And then we talk about coal and gas firing it, but um as we've discussed, what is it over 50% of Bitcoin is on renewables? It's due in a couple of years to hopefully reach um carbon become carbon neg negative. So it's actually mm. taking pollution away. Yeah, um, carbon neutral then carbon. Carbon negative. neutral, that's it. Yeah, so you know, it's just it just always seems badly researched, and these big corporations like Greenpeace, whose sole job or purpose is to protest things which they think are bad, they haven't even done the basics, have they? No, and what they they think that, that all they're doing is going, no, Bitcoin's great. It just needs to be better for the environment. 
So without removing any of the good qualities of Bitcoin, like the decentralization and scarcity, just change the code to be proof of stake. And therefore everything is solved. And, you get, and it's just a, a massive lack of understanding that proof of stake completely removes decentralization. But then... And therefore move, removes scarcity, which removes all value to Bitcoin. It, you, you destroy Bitcoin by doing what but then on the flip side like you're saying it like they're being uh what's the correct word negligence whereas i'm not entirely convinced that greenpeace are being negligence like they've no. got a tra track record of doing this kind of things well they, they've, so, they, they've taken a five million dollar payment from ripple so ripple are a, a competing coin right and it's for this campaign so we know the campaign is funded by a shit coin that is just yeah. on a on a random blockchain, and weirdly, I don't think Ripple is even proof of stake, but they, they know what they're doing. Ripple so, are trying to break Bitcoin. But even Greenpeace on its own, you know, it could be paid by governments. It could just be them um, doing it for what particular reason. So I've just dropped one, which is worth putting into the show notes, which is a deep dive into all the times which Greenpeace have lied and exaggerated. And it's um, a great thread. I read it first. I'm like, going, this can't be true. It's got a link to all the mainstream media, which backs up all the facts. So it's things like they've spread misinformation on various topics, such as nuclear energy, which is affecting everyone around the world now because we're stuck on coal and gas. And if they hadn't done that, it would have been new, more nuclear energy. They've spread misinformation on GMOs. Um, it's controversial Indian government stands. Then you've got... Um, it's being massively criticised for its own carbon footprint with senior staff flying extensively for work and personal trips. So the hypocrisy goes against the fight for reduced emissions. So standard we talk about every week with the billionaires like Bill Gates, who are demanding that everyone stop eating beef or doing anything. Um, yet they're doing, doing it as well. They lied about the Shell oil storage boy, Brent Spar, claiming it contained five and a half half thousand tons of oil later it's found to contain just 75 tons um mm. then you've got um rank companies based on the hazardous substances um and then critics argue that greenpeace exaggerated facts this sounds really familiar with the sg ratings doesn't it yeah I was and that say, was... the, the whole climate and environmental stuff have been completely co-opted by esg and government initiatives now yeah. so that's 17 years 17 years ago, they lied about that. When you've got indigenous issues, they oppose seal hunting, crucial to Inuit people's survival. You're so going against, well, fundamental nature, nuclear energy lying, consistently oppose nuclear energy, often exaggerating its dangers. They falsely claim that 200,000 people died due to the Chernobyl disaster, while the actual number is around about 4,000. But there's, you know, about 18 of these. No, sorry, 12. There's 12 of these. And it gives all the backings for it. It just talks about what kind of organization Greenpeace are. Um, so looking into Ripple for the first time, <clears throat> I'll take a shower afterwards. So uh, Ripple is neither um, proof of work or proof of stake, but in fact, its main process is a payment settlement, um, like similar to the SWIFT system. It's a database. Yeah. Yeah, and and look, they we we all knew XRP. Anyone that was in Bitcoin around 2017, mm. Ripple was known as oh, it's Bitcoin, but regulated and approved by banks. It was the safe one. It's why a lot of people 
that we worked around that were in the finance space heard a lot about Ripple and you know the the owners of that coin became billionaires because they managed to convince a lot of people that it was the the kind of the financial approved Bitcoin. And, yeah, uh, so HSBC people... are going to sign up. I remember that one. Yeah, HSBC is signing up on it. Going to do a big project all yeah. with regards to Ripple and and price is going to go up any minute and continue and, to go down. And, and in my mind, you know, Ripple is in the same category of Craig Wright. Yeah, back in 2017, they were both very relevant, had big profiles, mm. but. You just have to wait and spend this time weeds these shit coins and people out. And now, you know, five years later or six years later, actually, since yeah, six. Years, yeah. uh, they're not relevant now. You know, no one, no, no idiot in work is buying Ripple anymore. They're, they're, it's dead. <laughs> and most people have not even heard of Craig Wright. You know, it's not even slightly assumed that maybe he's Satoshi. He's just, it's just all gone. Yeah, you know, anyone new to the space now wouldn't even know who Craig Wright is or who, what Ripple is. But it's just annoying that this shitcoin money is still hanging around and they're funding campaigns like this. That are, and, and the good thing about Twitter and the kind of social network um, kind of movement that we live in now is at least anyone that fo- follows Greenpeace and genuinely kind of listens and, and, and looks at what Greenpeace are talking about. I don't think they've conned many people about Bitcoin because holy shit, they got brigaded to fuck by Bitcoin Twitter. <laughs> yeah, their comments are just full of people memeing them posting articles that contradict it and it just it's just full and so anyone that jumps in even slightly agrees they get hounded to toxic to the max <laughs> it's just and um and even the artist so the artist is this von one on one guy yeah and uh he seems like an all right guy to be fair to him he's getting caught in the crossfire yeah he, he seems to like fair the environment the, his, his switch stance, of course. So, yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. So he's posted this tweet thread, hasn't he? Because he's just Yeah, the thread of... Starts it off going, Thursday evening, I was sad. <laughs> that's, how he, that's how he starts off his tweet thread. And, you know, I'm, I'm part of why he was sad. I was sending him some mean tweets too. Just telling him, you know, how You're much that he's quite mean. But the problem is, right, not only did he do the artwork, but in the video that, you know, everyone just watched then, he's in it, right? He's narrating it. He's in it. It's it's about the creation of it. So he really is aligned by this. And so he is speaking the words. And I know they're not his words. have been written for him. He's just speak, reading them out. But he's slandering Bitcoin here. He's factually incorrect. And you know, he, he is just a paid contractor. He doesn't really know what he's getting into. And he's just suddenly realized, oh, fuck, I, I seem to be very, very wrong here. And uh, so, yeah, his tweet, Fred, I think he is walking it back a little bit, admitting that he needs to learn, he needs to read more. But he still does settle up on the point that he thinks that Bitcoin could change the code still and maybe proof of stake would be an improvement. But the, my conclusion on this is that what I, what I think the fallout of it was their whole change the code thing. I've seen Bitcoiners just go, no, 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 it's code the change. That's what we're doing. The code already works. It's just the change that needs to happen. So mm. I, I like the flip of, of those words because that's what Bitcoin's doing. We're coding the change that we want to see and switching away from fiat. And, and like I've said before, even if Bitcoin was 100% fossil fuels, and even if we use 100x more fossil fuel burning than we are, it doesn't matter. That would be a great 
cost um, to pay to switch out of the fiat land. Like that is a good cost for a new form of money. Every single time humans innovate and progress and evolve to the next industrial revolution, it costs more energy because there's more people. We're doing more stuff. We're doing more creative things. So our energy usage as humans just continues to go up. So creating a new form of money, it would be perfectly in the natural order of things that the next form of money from fiat costs an order of magnitude more because it's better. So the, the fact that Bitcoin actually is likely going to be cost neutral to the planet, not only is a minor fucking miracle, <laughs> it, but it, it doesn't even matter. It, it, it could be 100 times worse than the banking system if for energy. And all that would happen is we would figure out a way. We'd just build big fuck off nuclear power stations to do mining. It, it would be, we'd find a different way. But as it is, using waste energy, renewable energy, that's how Bitcoin's going to do because it goes to the, the cheapest possible energy to make mining more efficient. But if we uh, do pre proof work, imagine all, all the things which the energy could be taken away from, such as making sports direct mugs. <laughs> for that giant cup of tea so you know kind of going on to his comments so he said bitcoin could shift away from the needless burning of fossil fuels and it's just like we've come about like the statistics are completely wrong you know the focus because you know even within the last year politicians and big anti-bitcoiners have shifted their focus away from fossil fuels to just wasted energy because they can't argue argue with fossil fuels anymore and I don't know if everyone's knows that who's listening, but it's certainly been a shift which I've noticed. Then he said, you know, the walking back saying proof of work felt intuitively wasteful. And it's just like, how brave are you to talk about something which you know nothing about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, the um, it's just these people arguing. I think the best example which I've seen in my kind of like, near sight has been you versus was it Hamza on LinkedIn about oh, yeah. um, the government bailout so the, the government bailing out SVB and it's just like you know you you kept on with him and I think it was just the admission where he realised he was very brave for talking about something which he clearly did not understand yeah, yeah, and when, it's just he his, when he couldn't read his share price going down by 10% yeah and um, a mutual friend said to me like I think at first this person thought, oh, he's got Bitcoin in his profile. And when he had the realisation you actually knew what you were talking about, I went, oh, shit, time to go quiet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, away from this fight. Yeah, exactly. So, like, this guy's back down. And then we got... Um, well, he's, where... he's done a thread, hasn't he, of 17 kind of apologetic yeah. and consensus tweets around... How he didn't understand and how he now understands and he's learned the error of his ways and probably doesn't want any more memes being thrown at him. But it's given him a lot of uh, a lot of obviously exclusive not exclusivity is the word I'm looking for. Um just lo loads of um like notoriety around the actual Satoshi. But do you think but do you think he's realized he's an NPC now? He's getting involved in discussions which he's not qualified for or even has done the basic research on. So, you know, I I grabbed some um, quotes out of his um, tweets. So Greenpeace believes that human ingenuity 
and innovation will prevail and that a better version of Bitcoin exists in the future that has all the upsides and none of the environmental downsides. So we discussed this. Why don't you do some basic reading and you'd find the answer to that one and a better version. So the whole point of a better version is to move money away from the state and not risk it going to the state. And he hasn't got basic financial understanding and economic understanding to understand that, never mind proof of work. So I think he needs to go back to the drawing board. And I think rather than just slamming with memes, someone actually needs to link him to something which is bite-sized, which can explain to him in something which he can understand of yeah, why well, he's wrong. We we all know, don't we, sat here, that it's not easy just to simply orange pill someone in five minutes, ten minutes. God, we've been trying to do that outside of our core group for nearly years, right? You know, direct partners and people that we live with, and we can put subliminal messages, as we were talking before, um, of, like, displays around the house and uh you know read that and every day they're like what is that and maybe eventually it'll sink in but it is difficult for the average individual who has very little to no financial education to even comprehend where to begin with what we're talking about because they've first got to get to the point of hold on what they're saying could be right. Here's a question for you. Just sorry, butting in mm, here. Yeah. So, for someone who likes reading, what if someone said to you, "What would be the first book to help someone understand the situation which they're in?" What would you say? Recommend them to read. How do you mean what what we're in? Right so, now? literally, if you think where we were, probably not even five years ago, but more like ten years ago and say you were keen to read a book, what would you recommend someone in our situation 10 years ago who didn't really understand finance, certainly didn't understand Bitcoin, what would you say, read read this, what would that book be to kind of like help them understand about what's going on? I always start with Rich Dad, Poor Dad as the first financial book. Um, okay. I think that's a really good choice. So I think it helps just, explain the issues of the economic system financial system monetary system yeah and wraps it all together quite well and why he invests in the way which he does because before that you know ultimately because I, I watched that interview i don't know if you, you managed to watch it all but essentially you know his dad was wrapped up in the system really tight as um you know in the educational system i should say and anybody that was in sales or anybody that had their own business was seen as a bad individual. Um, you know, his dad was super smart academically, but in terms of actually making their own way forward and thinking for themselves outside of the system just wasn't the case. And, you know, he had a son who was exactly that. So there was immediately a clash and, I think he, because he was so bad educationally, this is Robert Kiyosaki, he makes it super simple and easy for people to actually learn and understand what is going on. One of the things I don't like about him is that his message is weird, that his message hasn't really changed at all. You know, where the book came out in 97 and we're here in 2023 and he's still saying exactly the same 
But at the same time, what he's saying is so factual. Yeah, the only well, problem is his conclusion is by gold in there as well, isn't it? So you just have to... Yeah, at the time, but, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, gold, a 20, it's a 26-year-old book, isn't it? Yeah. And he is yeah. a Bitcoiner now. So, Mr. Orlin, what about yourself? What would be your kind of, like, recommendation? Bitcoin standard all day long. You're, it's going pretty hardcore very into it, isn't it? That's what I'm thinking. That's really. why I stayed away from it. I don't think it is. I think, I think Sadef Dean is obviously... He's pretty extreme in his views, but when, once he's written it down, like, the, the first three quarters of that book is the history of money. And mm. most people don't know, have a fucking clue what the history of money is. And I think there's so many investment books out there. I think like, it's whatever works for you, right? So if, if you're not even in the mindset yet of being a wage slave is not probably going to be is the right thing for you. And you need to like, leverage other things, like whether it's your own business or investing. So if, you, if you're not there yet, then yeah, a rich dad, poor dad thing. And or there's a whole host of investing kind of books and then, I can't really think of ones I've read to hand. But for me, I think most people are in that mindset. I think a lot of young kids know that as well. You know, they're, they're really in this inflation world and the whole hustle culture, it's, it's almost become a meme to itself. You know, you've got to have a side mm. hustle. That's how you get out of the rat race, right? So I think what a lot of people need is just, you know what? You don't really understand money. You're, you're chasing just dollars or pounds and you're just trying to build them up and then you're trying to shove them into ISAs, pensions. And it's, when I look at all the investing forums, they're all so fucking wrong because they they understand the system is kind of fucked, but they just go, and this is how you beat it. Try and be tax efficient here. Try and invest in this, put it into ISAs and vanguards and pensions. And it's go, you are so fucking wrong. because And so, so many investment books lead you down those paths. And I just go, everyone just needs to take a massive step back and go back a, a thousand years where... Safer Dean takes you to the bartering system, Yap Island, and um, you know the bartering of rye stones, the you know the what's it called the the beads of Africa that ended up mm -hmm. enslaving them, and you need to see what the consequences of having the wrong form of money at the wrong time, how devastating it can be, not just to families and to individuals, but to entire nations, and I think that really right for me the penny dropped. And holy shit, if I'm in the wrong currency, when the currency switches, you lose everything. You know, it doesn't matter what you invested in. It doesn't matter about your diversified portfolio. It's all fucked. It all goes to zero because everyone's moved to a different token and a different value of exchange. And, and that's what Safety Dean just talks you through step by step by step. Every single thing is evidenced. Everything is referenced. If you want to go read all the books that he uses, because it takes, you know, there's, there's dozens and dozens of economics and history books referencing that. And the last quarter, it's an introduction to Bitcoin. You know, this is what it is. This is why we think this is the soundest money because he's taught you what money is. You know, it needs certain qualities to be money. And then he just goes, and he believes Bitcoin is next evolution. And for me, as, as a single book, it probably takes, you know, 10 hours to read. I, I challenge anyone not, to Not get... even 10. I'd say probably I... half of that. It's not particularly long, is it? No, I challenge anyone to read that and then really have any big... Other than just going, this sounds too good to be true. That's probably the main objective objection that I hear at the end of it. Because go, that can't all be right. <laughs> you just go. It's a, it's a really it, good point. And and, and it is. Because I think a lot of the objections are just handled in there, aren't they? And uh, it's just yeah. So for me, that's the killer book. What's yours? I, I think that that part though, what you're saying is the the real uh, 
difficulty for people because it's hitting them with so many truths all at once that it would just leave people shocked. Yeah. <laughs> like, you kind of think but... you kind of think all our own journeys into like reading the Bitcoin standard and I think I would agree with Sir Nevelock in the Rich Dad Poor Dad because I think Bitcoin standard may be a bit extreme. Um, but I kind of think back to I was searching for the answers in my early 30s trying to go, none of this makes sense. Like it didn't make sense for years and it wasn't until I read the Bitcoins so I went, went, this makes sense now. Everything yeah. suddenly just made sense. And like my financial understanding markets just all clicked together. So when now I understand what the hell is going on and I understand what the hell these different products are because they're all bullshit. Mm. And I think that's pretty much where I had my big revelation, but I just don't know if it'd be too much as a first book without going on a kind of journey initially. As a book that is all-encompassing from a financial education and everything like that, you know, it's, it's up there. Another one, which is why I always reference it, and, um, you know, we're not as bigger fans of his, but I still respect him, is uh, Nick Batia's book, uh, Layered Money, that's because that's him. really short. <laughs> and uh, I always liken it to uh, watching a film, and the film that always springs to mind is uh, Rush Hour. It's simple, easy watching and listening. Um, and that book you can really get through super quick. Uh, and still tells a half-decent story. I've just gone very anti-Nick Batty since he got bought. Fuck it. I remembered one of the first books I ever read, actually. It was The Six-Day Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Okay. Uh, or, or four hours or six? Oh, no, six-hour work week, yeah. Yeah, four, yeah, the four-hour four, yeah, week. Yeah, got, Over four-hour, yeah, I read that four recently. Hour work week, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I literally read that about 20 years ago, I think. And was an average. But you were already doing that, but three and a half. I got to it. Yeah, it it, it was literally. I I I read that book and I just went, yeah, this is it. This is actually how you do scale your life and 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 realize you enjoy the money. I did see a lot of people that had money, but they sacrificed it for time. And his whole concept is, you can have both. Like, there's no point having the money without no time. So if you are going to build a business, make sure it's as hands off as possible. And uh, that's why I went down the software route and it was, yeah, build a build an app or something and you build it once, sell it many times. You don't want a business where you're essentially renting yourself out by the hour or the business um, fails if you're not there every hour mm-hmm. you know, where just deci- big decisions need to be made. And uh, so that's how you know he, he did well, uh, building lots of businesses that he could outsource and was more hands off. So that's, that's also a decent book for a lot of This was a supplement, wasn't it? Yeah, he did loads of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I think that was his freaking... big one when he started moving. Was he did um, like I said, a supplement of some sort, some which wasn't freely available back then. But I'm sure it's a saturated market now. Yeah, it's yeah. Just turning into book club here. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, fuck this conversation. So we're talking about um, the artist and reflecting. So the final so, thing, which. Which I picked oh. up on him is if Bitcoin miners help to invest in renewables like wind and solar to move the world off a reliance on fossil fuels and a GP campaign will have nothing to run on. It's like it's already happening, you fucking idiot. Yeah, just do, um, do, your, do your research and yeah. Um one which I saw which made me laugh was um 
someone lived um, by a stream or a river and they put like a wheel in to generate electricity and a bunch of Bitcoiners are commenting going, I need one of those so I can hook my mind up to it. Yeah. I was like, ingenious, isn't it? These kind of things you think, oh, I can I can power a TV or I can power a miner and have a way to live. Yeah. And uh, I think the one thing that gave me confidence in this tweet thread is he's seems to be invited to the Bitcoin conference uh, this year now. So he's looking to take the Scholar Satoshi there and engage in a good faith debate, he says. So that's exactly <laughs> what he needs, right? How, he... how is he going to have a, a debate? It's just going to be a t- it's going to be a lesson for him. Exactly. And that's what he needs, isn't it? You know, because the thing is, the good thing is, right, if he's if he agrees to go be a speaker at this thing, he's going to do a bit of digging. And he's probably going to talk to some Bitcoiners and he's going to realize, oh, fuck, I was so, I was so I, wrong. I like, that, that event is I, going to change his life. Yeah. Because don't forget, obviously, when I went to Amsterdam last year and uh, obviously there was non-Bitcoiners there, we don't take prisoners lightly. So whether you're on <laughs> stage or anywhere else, you, you're going you're gonna to learn today. <laughs> and, I was uh, going to say, at Bitcoin Amsterdam, you had that like woman. Yeah, like, like, right. like, 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 <laughs> and um, she didn't pick up anything from that because, well, she wasn't but willing she, to learn. She didn't no, have a growth she wasn't mindset. To learn, and she was so stuck in her ways. I mean, she knew about Bitcoin from the very early days, from some Bitcoin bro from back in the days who she said she went on a date with, and and essentially she still doesn't get it. But I think that's because simply she's too salty to have invested into you know the soundest money. That there yeah. is, but and now he's um slamming models on his Lamborghini <laughs> all day long. He's, um, uh, he's got infinite riches and big titty bitches. <laughs> but uh, but I yeah, think, no, I, yeah, I, I, I'm hopeful for him because I think he does seem like a slightly open-minded guy from the tweets he's doing. So exactly. I, it's the it's the whole cons- it's the what is it? Um, is he complicit or is he incompetent? And I think at the moment. Um, I'll be generous to him and, and just say he's incompetent at the moment. So I think then, Greenpeace so the, the test, are complicit. The, yeah, so the, the test will be um, now that he's getting the information, where, where does he go? Does he stick to his company line where he's probably getting a feed of money? Or it, he really could pivot this into creating some shit hot, proper Bitcoin art without the big fucking mm. chimneys out the top. Just we've got so many great memes in Bitcoin already. He's he's obviously a fantastic artist because the art is just outstanding. So he he could get commissioned. I've already seen people trying to buy it off him. Someone offered him a Bitcoin for it, and um and he he went and then he went. Oh, I would love to have be to accept, but I I can't right now. And and he's like, oh, you must have. How many Bitcoin did you get paid to do this? And he went and he replied, going, I didn't even get paid of a fraction of a Bitcoin for this. Wow! You just go. What the hell? Like, you just think for something this great, you'd have got paid at least a bitcoin worth, right? Like twenty grand. But he seems like he he really has been paid pennies for this, which is kind well, of shocking from Greenpeace because he needs to go on displays, get it on there, so we can all buy a version for ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Well, I want a little three D model thing of it and all sorts. But well, it's already in the uh, the Bitcoin history, isn't it? As we go through the journey of Bitcoin, so. It's going to just be one of those many things, but it's it's going to go up in price over time. 
Sweet. Should we, However, should we uh, yeah, crack on and, you know, we've got a lot of stories to get through. So the next one is, do we really want a $1 million Bitcoin price? So uh, we covered it in Pod91's uh, podcast, which is the bet that Bitcoin will be $1 million by June 15, 2023, or may not be, uh, by uh, Balaji. And um, and this is the debate on Reddit right now. So if you're a Bitcoiner, would you, you maybe you would or maybe you wouldn't want the price of Bitcoin to reach one million? As always, I'd love to hear the comments on this uh, from anybody listening, uh, whether it's on Audible streams or YouTube. But um, yeah, what's your take on it? Part of me is like, yeah, fuck everyone. <laughs> a big part of me, but then. Um, I do agree with the article in that, you know, if Bitcoin suddenly went to a million, it means that the dollar would devalue so much and it, it would drown a lot of people. Mm. So what I'd like to see is what Safedine described in the Fiat Standard, or rather what El Salvador are doing, so the kind of joint currency and the movement with incentivization towards Bitcoin so everyone can get on the, the life raft. That's what I want to see. But yeah, part of me does just go fucking told you so. <laughs> yeah, the, my take on this is like people think we've got a choice, and the choice and the, the switch from one form of money to another, there's never enough lifeboats for everyone. That isn't how the switch of money works. You know, once once the the early adopters and the early majority are on board the new money, the late majority and the laggards lose everything. That's the way it works. Uh, because the price will go so parabolic so fast because there'd be FOMO that it, it leaves people behind as definition. And and also the 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 way the the existing financial system will go down will not be a slow descent. You know, what have we already seen with the banks? They don't just have a bad day on the stock market. They don't go down 20% and then six months later another 20%. No, they go down 99.4% in an hour. Once the news breaks that a bank is insolvent, they go bust within the day. Yeah. And so that will happen for the big banks. It will happen overnight. And look at every single time a currency has collapsed. Does anyone have a soft landing in Venezuela, in Zimbabwe? You know, every single time people lose everything. And the, the, the difference here is we do have a life raft to save some people. There is an option out to opt out of the banking system. So we can save some people. But by definition, once more than 20 or 30% of the population come in and put all their net worth in, the price of Bitcoin is going to be so high by the time we get 20% of the population that already you've left everyone behind. So that is always going to be the problem with it. And when it happens, because some people are going, oh, we're not ready for this in 90 days and all that kind of stuff. You go, look, this is going to happen what's going to happen. The financial system, like Bitcoin, what Bitcoin really does isn't going to change. Like Bitcoin's been ready for this for the last yeah. pretty much 14 years. Once Satoshi released it, it was ready. Yeah, okay, fine. Fees would have been higher. We didn't have lightning, blah, blah, blah. But we had a lifeboat. We had a life raft off fiat. And it, we would have just made it work. You know, Once all this money comes flooding into Bitcoin, the product will get built. Straight away, like really, really fast. It's like the internet, like booming. Suddenly, you know, the, once the products are required and there's a demand there, the products get get built much faster at the moment. The demand 
demand is limited so the the innovation is also limited and we're still seeing loads of innovation just people building stuff ready for when um things are are going to come but fundamentally it's you know whether it's in 90 days or 900 days or 9000 days bitcoin doesn't really decide when it when fiat switches to bitcoin fiat is going to implode itself and we're seeing it so when fiat yeah. finally fucks up instead of everyone losing everything on that day which is what would have happened a proportion of people will be saved because they have their net wealth in bitcoin and what the rebuild looks like and how all that goes fucking anyone's guess um, i'm not very positive about it i think it's going to be a very rough decade really and a lot of rebuilding so which is why i'm very much in the self-sustainable mindset of you need your own water supply your own electricity supply your own food supply prepare for the worst and hope for the best and that's that is what i am doing and because i got my bitcoin life raft but in that potentially whether it's one years or 10 years of rebuild where the entire fiat system's gone under and the majority of people have lost everything <clears throat> in that mad max environment i want to have the basic needs covered so that's what so, i'm uh, working towards them dried food guns ammunition and a lifetime subscription to early fans <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure how many OnlyFans people will be working then. But, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to have to download those videos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pre-recorded <laughs> or downloaded. Or on the wank bank. Yeah. But yeah, a gun is a very good point. And it is something I'm looking into. Obviously, in the UK, it's a bit more difficult to get that kind of stuff. But if you do live out in the country a little bit like I do, you can get shotgun and rifle licenses. Um, you can just pretend you're looking at foxes and stuff like that. And uh, it is something I'm looking at getting hold of. Because who knows? Who knows? I'm out out in the middle of nowhere anyway. But who knows? A van could come by one day, and you just need to fire a shot in the air just to let them know they don't fuck about here. Yeah, mm. <laughs> who knows? And I um, think if you live of, in the city and stuff like cities and supermarkets, if your main source of, of food is from a supermarket, I, I would be extremely concerned because, like we saw, right? We we even had a bit of a dry run of it. Like three years ago, when the whole the rush for the food and all that kind of stuff. Well, it wasn't for food; it was for toilet roll. If you remember correctly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All, all the pasta and the food and a lot of stuff where you could only buy two of one, like certain things, and, and yeah, the, obviously the toilet roll thing was ridiculous. But it, it can happen. It, yeah, I think I think back then because yeah, I think when I was in Puerto Rico, I I heard this, and it was Puerto Rico as an island, own is very um, reliant on imports, and it only had. Uh, two weeks worth of food on the island so it was very um it was trying to get more self-sufficient because if there was ever a big tornado or something or basically a big kind of um human disaster or natural disaster uh they might be cut off for more than two weeks and they would starve they wouldn't have enough food and i think i heard in in britain we've got about a month about a month of food and you'd think that we'd have so much more than that but in reality there's so many people um, we import so much stuff. So we're, if, a, if a natural disaster happened, which bizarrely is like a pandemic, like you know a real one this time, where you can't transport stuff around the world, within four weeks, if you the supermarkets are empty. So the only people that can have food are the ones that have been stockpiling it. And uh, that's pretty pretty scary. So mm. that's the world we live in. And, and it's the fiat system that is underpinning that. So if this does go under, I would at the very least suspect a period of rationing and not being able to get hold of the food you want 
which, you know, that's why I think they know it's coming, which is why they're trying to get people on this plant-based sludge, while they're trying to get people on crickets. And once they put you on it, you ain't getting off it. That's going to be your food now. Well, I, I think it's not for that reason. I think it's so it's more dependence because they can control the food supply fully with the factory-produced sludge. You know, it's <laughs> the funniest thing is it's been in dystopian films. It's been in dystopian novels for literally 50 to 100 years. And people are going, oh, this, that sounds good. It's just like, fucking hell, this is meant to be nightmare fuel. So like you're <laughs> lapping it up. And I what know, I'd like it? to kind of drag this back to, so, so we've had, you're right. yeah, we've, we've um, kind of fallen away from the story as Mr. Olin went on his monologue. Um, that is, that's literally it. That is yeah, what, but what... kind of coming back to this, I read one of the comments on Reddit, so, someone called Smegtastic. Um, so a bit of a different viewpoint from yours and ours, which is I just watched Houses 100% in about one to two years, and then I watched Startups yet. Um, get yet another bailout with my tax dollars or devalued savings i'm fine with consequences yeah obviously more of a short-term view of him because i think he hasn't considered that the whole financial system would have to realign and everything will be a bit mayhem yeah well that's the thing like people don't have sympathy so i get that i think it's just a it's just the point of you can debate it all day long on fucking reddit or twitter whether you want this price or that price or you want a nice switch over or, or a quick switch over it what's going to happen going to happen it, but i it, think you know don't have a say in it that's my point what is it mm. a million a million would be about would that be the valuation of gold or is that lower i can't remember what that is oh a million's blasted through gold well, gold apparently is around about 2000 right now and they're chanting around you know, it could go to 3K this year. And by the way, what I do say is, and we've always said this, similar to the whole, you know, uh, Bitcoin versus Peter Schiff argument, because uh, we love Schiff, because the majority of what he says is exactly right, and it's spot on. Um, but essentially, if Bitcoin goes up or if gold goes up, you know, they're both going up together because we know that the system is broken and there's something wrong with it. So having these alternative monies or assets outside of the system will be necessary, but there'll be one that will be a lot faster, quicker, higher in price, and we all know what that is. So just having a quick Google then, the Bitcoin market cap is around about 500 billion. And gold is twelve trillion, mm. so that'd be a factor of twenty, twenty-four. So twenty-four times yes. by twenty-three, so it's around about half a million. Yeah, we, yeah, we double the market cap. Yeah, yeah, to hit hit gold, I think that's really the first thing which it's got to hit is it's got to replace gold as a store of value to actually then move into being more of a central currency or considered a much it, larger it's one of those things though that it's a stepping stone isn't it and um i was because i've thought about this you know what we're seeing is it's the pac-man bitcoin meme mm. and the pac-man bitcoin meme is slowly but surely we're taking a bank down and so when people realize okay a signature bank silicon bank um you know all of these uh, different various banks are going down Credit Suisse. I'm going to move my money. And they move their money slowly but surely. 
into Bitcoin. Some people, again, will have moved into gold. And then it's going to be something else and then something else. At the end, the ultimate end bosses and the ultimate end fight is Bitcoin versus gold. Because people will be transporting their cash, dependent on their uh, risk appetite, into one or the other. They'll be like, I need, I need to get my money out of the bank, right? I can't leave well, it there. The the market cap of gold will be shooting up at that point. It, it? Exactly, so, it will be. It will um, be. Another milestone is um, silver, and I think it either just overtook it or got very close on the last bull run. So what, to its all time high, or um, yeah, so fifty four thousand um, pounds is what Bitcoin would need to be. I can't. What was um what was the peak value in pounds? Fifty, I think it was. Yeah, Fifty one. Yeah, so very uh, close to silver, and silver's yeah. a shit store of value. So that's another marker. So I think we've got to go through these kind of like store of value first of all, and then be the extreme store of value when fiat crashes, mm. which is when you know um, one bitcoin becomes one trillion dollars because one trillion dollars you can probably go and buy a toilet roll with. Yeah. yeah, it's slowly but surely, isn't it? And it, you know, nothing ever happens fast. But you, what we are seeing again, and we shouldn't forget, is the collapse along the way of what we've taken on the journey. Yes, yeah, for me, it's like any Bitcoin bull market, right? It's slowly, slowly, then all at once. Yeah, the the, the price doesn't tend to just tick up nicely, does it? You know, it's. Once we get through an all-time high, it just freaking goes parabolic, and uh, yeah. that's that's what will happen. And that's what we were talking about last time: the super cycle. Does the price of Bitcoin ever come down? People no one are thinking wants to buy it. at the moment because it's on sale. Exactly, no one buys when the when the price is lower. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, should we have a look at how the Swiss are feeling right now? Oh but, God, um, Credit Swiss. Who has a senior director that chooses gender on a daily basis uh, is has been bailed out, and uh, to the tune of 109 billion Swiss francs, which works out at about 13. Well, they're not out. using the term bailout, are they, at the moment? No, of course they're tr- not. They're trying to claim it's not a bailout in the US and UK, but it's a bailout. It's very uh, controlled in terms of the narrative, isn't it? Because but this one right. does say bailout, and it's Bloomberg. Yeah, I think in this one they actually are admitting it's just this is just a straight exchange of money, and they even say you know, taxpayer exposure amounts to 109 billion Swiss francs, which works out thirteen and a half thousand dollars per Swiss person, which yeah. Is an insane amount of money, right? Even with our inflation world, thirteen and a half grand—that's a lot of that's a lot of money per citizen. So imagine how angry you'd be if you're a Swiss person. But at least they're getting the facts, right? This is at least this is nice and obvious. You can just see it on the screen. Whereas if you're American or British at the moment, we've bailed out banks, but they just go, "It wasn't a bailout." And in reality, we know there is. They know they printed money or they created loans, they created debt, and at some point inflation and some type of new tax law is going to be thrown at us to pay for it but we don't know how much it is because they just bare lie to our face the swiss at least seems to have gone yeah we bailed them out what ton of money and what you can't do nothing about it so i I respect the honesty they're a really funny country like they're pegged to gold much later than everyone else 
and their inflation doesn't tend to be as high. Um, so it's just a very, very strange nation around what they do with their currency. And then I was just having a quick Google about Credit Suisse because I'm never quite sure why these banks have collapsed. And it's just basically saying there's been loads of things going on there. So um, Credit Suisse's failings included a criminal conviction for allowing drug dealers to launder money in Bulgaria, entanglement in Mozambique corruption case, a spying scandal involving a former employee and an executive and a massive leak of client data to the media. I'm pretty sure most of the other banks have done all this shit, like HSBC, HSBC. I've got the biggest fine, I think, and that was for laundering money from the Mexican cartel, where they had special cash deposit slots put in their bank so they could put their crates of money into there. And yet this is telling us how bad Credit Suisse are, and HSBC are one of the super banks, aren't they? Mm. And they made tens of billions of profit, and then they got fined like three billion, and not a single person went to prison. They're, they're really proud of the biggest fine in history. Like it wasn't even 10% of the money they made. How is that a fine? That's just a reward. Like, what's like you taking commission? Like, what, 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 like, what's that? It's all to be what a fine is. I've just read this article again, by the way, and it's actually, literally, it said every person, but every man, woman, and child in the They included the kids in this money. Yeah. So imagine some five-year-old being like, Sorry, so I'm already in debt. Your um, your pocket money, five five dollars a week is going straight to the government. You owe thirty and a half grand, mate, to bail out Credit Suisse. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, it's really bad when we include cream pies. Hey, sperm. Am <laughs> 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 I? I'm not getting the connection here. <laughs> Well, yeah, it was with kids. I say when we get it to sperm next. <laughs> well, this is it, isn't it? When you uh, disperse the number down to kids, it makes it easier to pun intended swallow. But, uh, <laughs> but ultimately, um, you know, it would be a lot more, wouldn't it, if they just mm. uh, matched it just simply and purely the adult population. So thirteen and a half thousand is already a lot. Yeah, and, and and weirdly, I said they were being open and honest. There, they're not really, are they? It's probably no. near a twenty grand because Correct. you can't include non-earning like kids. Yeah. So it's you can't you can't include a five-year-old in that. That's just ridiculous. So probably what is it? Twenty thirty percent of the population under age of eighteen, just as a yeah. as a rough thing. Oh, here we go. Let's get these statistics. So. <laughs> They're saying that um, oh, that's 15 to 64. That's crap. I found there's a nice little wiki article on demographics, but it's given me 0 to 14 and 15 to 64. So if we use the 15 to 64 and 65 over, it's around about 74, 84. So it's about 85% of the population um, is not a child. And the population's around about 87 so it's not going to go up as drastically. It's not a bottom-heavy um, one, but we got, what is it, 13,500 um, times by 8.5. So that, well, so that's around about 114 um, billion. Yeah, that's correct. Um, so if you aim at about 85%. 8.5, is it? 
Yeah, 8.5 million, so about 114 billion. Yeah. So if you take that population and put it to um, 85%, that's around about 7.2 million. So, yeah, the payments would go up quite a bit. So it's more like 16,000, 17,000. So not quite as bad. And that was brought to you by Dr. Eva 10% maths corner. <laughs> <laughs> everyone tunes in. You can comment in the uh, in the comments section. Everyone I was hoping it was going to be more drastic, so I thought it was worth looking into. Yeah. And you were wrong. Yeah, you I were was. so wrong. Um, we've got That's so much bad. to get through no one's still. That back. Um, let, let's crack on. Well, the the look, next story is uh, the SEC pursued Coinbase over security violations. Now, I see the SEC looking at the likes of Coinbase as its its own piggy bank, essentially, um, because they can see that Coinbase is making lots of money, uh, maybe obviously not as much as it once did, but still, nonetheless, they, they're making money and they want a little piece of the pie. And so they are watching Coinbase very closely. And uh, and lo and behold, Coinbase, you've broken, a, you've broken the law. And well, therefore, we're going to enforce action. So everyone's favourite SEC chair, Gary Gensler, mm. um, he said on multiple occasions that he believes crypto exchanges, including Coinbase specifically, are operating as unregistered security exchanges in the US, citing the number of tokens they list and arguing the vast majority of these uh, resemble securities. Um, now, what's really interesting is Brian Armstrong has been tweeting quite a bit about this. So he's actually put it all down. He said, two years ago, the SEC reviewed our business in detail and approved, yeah. approved Coinbase to go public. Our S1 clearly explained our asset listing process and included 57 references to staking. Brian Armstrong. Going forward, the legal process will provide an open and public forum before an unbiased body will be able to make clear for us all to see the SEC something has not been fair, reasonable, or even demonstrated the seriousness of purpose when it comes to the engagement on digital assets. Like Coinbase are a company who seem to cross the T's, dot the I's. Mm. So I think this is going to be a public slap on the wrist and it won't go to court. That's my prediction on this because it just sounds like if the SEC take Coinbase to court, they're going to be embarrassed. Uh, no, what, what what this will be is just the classic. It's what they did to the all the social networks. They just find them in foul of some laws. So for the social networks, they found them in, in breach of some privacy laws. And what they use that for is they, to pull them up in front of Congress, embarrass them, and ask them loads of really direct questions and threaten them with various things like splitting them up, regulating their space into non-existence, and just putting so much compliance overhead on them that they, they fail to be able to function as a business anymore. Or what they do behind the scenes is or work closer with government. We want backdoors. We want to see fucking everything. There's loads of stuff happening in your platform. We're nervous. We need a backdoor. This is what they're doing to all the exchanges now. They're threatening them with huge regulation, huge fines, huge shutdowns. And they just go, look, we know we fucking approved all this a year ago, but bullshit. We write the rules. We're changing them. So if we want to put a fine on you, we can put a fine on you. However, behind closed doors, they'll have the chats and they go, look, 
We know we get some tax information from you at the moment, but we want more. We want complete unfettered access into this and we want to be able to pull the strings if and when we need to. And I, I honestly think, because it's happened to Kraken, it's happened to these guys and they're all getting hit with the same thing. And it's just, they've just they've just picked a random law, gone, you've broken it and they come in and then this is when the heavies come in and the, the US government build their backdoors. That's what I think is happening here. Yeah, we saw can't be... Um pinnacle of that with the social media networks during the the pandemic yeah what happened um, just before when they all got dragged in over the privacy stuff in the years before and then when we did have the pandemic look at every single social network completely government controlled narrative anything that got was outside of that shut down banned instantly the government yeah. knew what they were doing there. They wanted control. They didn't just want them to be able to send an email to Mark Zuckerberg and go, look, you need to do more on this. And him just replying with, we're doing everything we can, sir. Da, 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 da. And just panting and just like palming but him they were, um, Like we need him over a fucking barrel. They we were blocking users. They were muting um, messages. They were raising awareness of government um, following yeah. accounts. So it's just, it was absolutely... Yeah, they they, they want to do what they did in Canada, right? So they want to be able to go, right, this is a list of people. We want all their accounts frozen. We want all their um, private addresses they've ever interacted with, uh, handed over. We want everything. Yeah, so if we want to... Because at the moment, you know, they're, they're, I think that what they're worried about is, you know, if, if someone oversteps the line and they can freeze your bank accounts, piece of piss, obviously the banks are already co-opted by the government, so they will just comply and... Um, Whereas at the moment the exchanges probably aren't as much. They they need some really official, almost like um, a warrant to be able to do this kind of stuff. And they go, look, this take, that takes fucking it's way too much work. We won't be able to press buttons over here. So we want do you think, um, APIs. This will, do you think this will encourage like um, Bitcoin only exchanges because they can't be accused of securities then because it's yeah. classed as a commodity? Well, yeah, um, yeah, effectively, it will make sure that they won't dabble in all of these or any of these shit coins because why would they want to risk the fine? Uh, because that really is where the risk comes from. But equally, you know, they're just trying to say people aren't people aren't well versed enough to understand what they're gambling in and. Uh, when really they are, and it is at the, you know, the the risk of whoever is giving up the money. Naturally, though, Coinbase by doing so and kind of facilitating the opportunity for people to um, to obviously lose money in this nature and in this way. So, I guess by removing that, it removes any opportunity for the SEC to go after them because they can just hold their hands up and say, well, if we only do Bitcoin, it's decentralized. It's out. It's outside of our hands. Yeah. yeah unless, they do, unless they do staking on Bitcoin then. Because they, yeah. they can do staking on Bitcoin. Oh, staking, yeah. But staking's, you know, you know, does Swan Bitcoin do anything like staking? Oh, no. no. Yeah, so I was going to say they'll be one of the hardest ones to get. So hopefully they'll be around for longer, but it does bring back the need for peer to peer. Um, and I know that one of those collapsed, but maybe it does bring them back as um, more of a force in the market when all these big exchanges get hit because they're holding shit coins and staking and they disappear. But it, I suppose another point is it could also be the hammer blow to end all the shit coins. Mm. 
Yeah, it all depends because, like you said, I don't think it's going to really stop them doing anything. Really, what they want is leverage, probably a bit of some money, and then they want the back doors. They, they kind of want them to carry on. This is the last thing they want to do to the social networks to shut them down because they knew what would happen is some others would pop up, and then they've got to wait another 10 years to see which ones are going to win. They they like waiting to see who the winners are, and then they regulate to fuck those ones, and they need to get leverage on them to make sure they stay in line. This is what they're doing to the exchanges now. I think they've they've, they've let it run for 14 years. They see which the biggest exchanges are, and now they're going, great, these are the ones that everyone uses. We're clamping them down, and we want the back doors. We want to be able to freeze accounts, look at everything. We want open book for the US government, and I mean, that's what they're trying I mean, to do. Could, so. You could end up with the government exchanges like in China and India where you can't take your Bitcoin off the exchange. So yeah. therefore, it's almost pointless. Mm. Yeah. Well, but they're, they're smart enough to like not tell you it's a government-run exchange, right? So they don't tell you we have government-run social media now. It just is. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the Twitter file I was going to say, it. apart from um, Twitter where Elon fact-checks Biden all the time. Yeah, well, that's, and that's only changed since Elon took over because we're in the Twitter files that he released. The proof was in there that the government were changing and running policy inside Twitter. He released all the information. It's um so it's it's factually correct that Twitter was a US one government website, which is why he got he got so much flack and abuse and propaganda against him when he bought it, because they knew he wasn't owned like the the previous Twitter board were. And um he took it took it private, and um, now Elon does what the fuck he wants with Twitter. <laughs> they they yeah. do not like that. I think the summary of that story, though, is Gary Genzer should go back to talking about stakes. <laughs> yeah. He's a clown. As always, he's just an attack dog. He's just one of the tools that the US government can use. Yeah, just yeah. being used, which is why he doesn't ne- make ne- any sense. Never forget know? that he was intricately linked to SBF. You know, he mm. spoke to him numerous occasions. He ordered him numerous occasions. He was linked into him through um, the CEO of um, the sister company. Just remember, he was heavily linked with him. Well, and um, he was a fraudulent motherfucker. Well, it's not a story that we're going to cover, but breaking news is that SBF paid uh, $40 million to a Chinese official that has just come out and that he could be being charged with this bribery this act of bribery and so i'm sure that there will be many others as well that will be unsurfaced um in terms of this so gary gensler if you have taken any money whether it's one dollar or more from sbf i'm sure it'll rise to the surface i doubt it and um, well it's, it's public that half the fucking democratic party taking money from sbs yeah. <laughs> yeah but i was gonna say gary gensler can't be linked into it no but um yeah obviously we, we say we don't talk about shit coins on here but the next one slightly is as well we, we've already started doing it anyway it's always went the danger when you go into exchange land but i just thought we'd throw this one in here because it does seem yep. pretty big right this is the the next story Unfortunately, it is from a shitcoiner, but it is a very good breakdown of what's happened. So it's why I linked his Twitter thread, but don't read really it. I missed it. I missed it. It's a shitcoiner. I missed the .s. Yeah, it just makes me cringe. I knew he didn't do it just because he had that in it, but I'm like, ugh, I just went, fuck it. But <clears throat> so, yeah, so Binance are the latest one to be caught in um, breach of some regulations. And then this one looks 
pretty big. So this is CZ, uh, the CEO of Binance. Uh, and they're they're accused of basically counter trading their customers. So they've they can obviously see their order book and what people are going long and short on. And yeah, the CFTC are accusing them of basically just taking the, the counter trade on their customers and wiping them all out and stealing their money. And uh looks pretty damning. Uh the the court filing looks like they got one hell of a lot of information. They blatantly had a couple of insiders that have turned whistleblower on this. They've got what was worrying in here is they also have access to CZ's signal conversations, which suddenly mm. raised a flag to go, oh, is Signal also a government-owned messaging service, which seeing a load of Bitcoin is replying to that, that seems to have become a knowledge actually that WhatsApp is obviously government run and they're reading everything because it's part of Facebook now. But yeah. Signal also is Signal also has been co-opted. So CC seems to have protected himself a bit because he's using the auto delete of the messages. But the conversation that he was talking to um are in there and they're using it essentially as a red flag to go, why is he talking to his like head of regulation, head of compliance, and all that stuff? Not on email, not on text. He's using signal and with auto delete on the messages. It obviously looks a little bit sus. Um, but CZ's come out and gone, this is nothing. You know, obviously, we need to change one shitcoin into another shitcoin. It's part of us balancing the books and all that kind of stuff. He's just explained it away. But it looks it looks pretty damning. You know, they've once they put this type of document together and they charge you and it all goes formal like this, they know then they 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 yeah. must think they got a really freaking strong. Case I mean, it would definitely be a banning of Binance. From America, so the US arm would be shut down, but they've still got China and you know the rest of the world. So yeah. but it's where they can make anything stick around those kind of like trades because I think there's two parts of this. It's illegally operating in the US, which they've been warned about before. Then there's the second about the trades. So the one about illegally operating the US is easy, you know, they are. <laughs> um whereas um the bit about the trades is you're saying it's about all these conversations and because they're like Chinese based. I think a lot of Americans will kind of go, oh, better not deal with them anymore. So they've dismantled their reputation, even if it isn't true. Everyone bites yeah, the dust there. Yeah. yeah, well, they're going after the... It, well, it does seem quite coordinated, though. Well, we've yeah. we've had a boom in Bitcoin, and suddenly Coinbase, Kraken... Um and Binance are all being gone after. We've had Greenpeace yeah. going after Bitcoin as well. Just as you know, the dollar's starting to falter and Bitcoin's starting to shoot up. It just it seems like quite a coincidence to me. Yeah, well, there's always going to be a, a yeah resistance to the up and coming. I guess isn't it? It's never going to be an easy route to the top. Yeah, I think when you look at it, that because the um say Kraken and Coinbase are US based in their core. I think mean, they've gone for them in one way, which is just, are you infringing infringing our regulations here because you're these are unregistered securities. So basically we just need to we need to bring you on board and get you part of the team. And but we want you to keep running because we want the customer base to stay there and control them from there. But I think with Binance, they know that it's going to get the middle finger from CZ. So they're going, mm. we need to go a different tack with him, which is 
let's make his entire business fraudulent, make it insider trading. So that gives us a reason just to ban him from US. Because uh, he, I think they know the Chinese government have already got the back doors on their end. So they can't have back doors as well. It's just not going to be very, there's too many doors. They're going to be hitting into each other. So I think they're just going to go with the ban on Binance and they're just going to try and co-opt the US exchanges and make them basically government agencies. Which, as we always say, what should you do about it? Just buy Bitcoin now, buy it's cheap, get it onto your ledger. These on and off ramps aren't going to be as easy. They, they, and they're not going to be as private. They're not really private now, but at least they work. They don't take it for granted that these these on and off ramps of fear at the moment, it's so easy to dump your fear into sats. So easy. I think it's going to get harder. So I, I really wouldn't wait around. It's also going to get more expensive. So part of me has just died knowing that Signal is uh is being corrupted. Yeah, yeah, it's sad. We we don't yeah. use auto deleting messages either. We probably should switch that on. Yeah. Unless it's of course it's uh taking the piss out of Mrs. Nosha. <laughs> they, they they can stay. So love. <laughs> so are we moving on to everyone's favorite um store of value next? Everyone's favorite shiny rock. Yeah, so this yeah. is one which I think surprised me. Obviously, someone who doesn't know anything about gold. I think I did talk about investing at gold at one point where I realized how bad inflation was gonna get, but I never did. Um for some reason. Can't remember why. But it does raise a big question because you look at this image. I think we verbally slapped you and brought you back to some sense. Well, I don't think you really need to do that. Um, I think looking at this image, you've got a gold bar which has been cut in half and it's filled with tungsten, obviously a cheaper metal, something which I don't really know about. But it um, by using tungsten, it's got the same density, which means it weighs exactly the same as gold should. So really hard to verify. And it's gold layered. So the initial test would be, oh, it's gold, but it's not. It's just gold layered stuff with tungsten. How would anyone know that? And looking at the image, if you try and pretend the tungsten isn't there, it looks fine. It's got its stamp numbers. It looks gold. It's got some kind of like, was it fine gold, 999.903912? It looks very official. You know, most people, well, I think, Pretty much everyone wouldn't know the difference, but if this counterfeit's coming out, experts are going to be had like shift. Oh, the, 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 this is actually in the Bitcoin standard. This, by the way, um, that tungsten weighs the same as gold, and it was a very common way of creating more gold. You you just gold plate a tungsten bar, and um, it's where mm. biting coins came from and stuff. You try and scratch the top layer of the coin to see if there's a different type of metal underneath. Or if it bends, uh, to, then they might have used an even cheaper metal. Because obviously, the people people started using all types of metal to begin with, which is why people then would weigh your gold coins to make sure they weighed mm. what they should. But then they figured out tungsten weighs the same. So now weighing the coins didn't work. You had to bite them, and you would try and scratch the top layer off, see if there's a, a silver metal underneath. But this is literally the, the number one reason I never bought gold is because you can't, you have to trust, not verify it. Because I've seen people try and go, right, let's just go through the verification 
process of gold. And there's a what, the only way to really figure it out is you have to melt it down. And when you buy gold, it comes with all the official stamps that makes it look official, right? And you don't want to melt it because then you lose the stamp. So you have to get some um, your, your own stamps, and that costs money. You got to melt this stuff down. And there's there's rumors, and you know when you dig into this stuff, that there is shit tons of gold plated tungsten in Fort Knox it, everywhere, but no one wants to go through the process of verifying it because it's just terrifying to do it. How much money you actually don't have? It's just gold plated yeah. tungsten. So it's one of them where no one is incentivized to melt down their gold because they've already exchanged it for yeah. fiat, right? They've already bought this gold. You don't want to find out. You don't want to go verify your gold and realize 20% of it is tungsten. You just want you just want to freaking open prey and leave that gold bar exactly as it is and hopefully flog it to some someone else later who doesn't want to verify it. Because uh, if you do, and uh, you might have very bad news that this is the big lump of tungsten in the middle of it. So... This gold just as a store of value just makes absolutely no sense. It's just so easy to forge it now that anyone buying gold online, you you don't know that you're not buying a tungsten bar. Even if you buy from the most credible source ever, there's a chance that they have a gold bar or gold coin that is a tungsten coin. And you wouldn't know. It's um, scary, isn't it, that people will potentially go down the gold route, not think about Bitcoin and uh, be left with tungsten. Yeah, I know. And all the gold bugs underneath are like, oh no, you don't know anything. It's super easy to verify gold. It's like, you want, you, you just, it isn't, it isn't easy to verify gold. Everybody knows this. You can't just do the simple little tests on it. Uh, you, you have to pretty much melt that coin down to see what is underneath. And, uh, and it damages the coin. It's too hard to do it. And uh... It's funny how you say that as well, because um, some of my friends said, oh, like I shared the article with them and they were like, they were so dismissive of it as, oh, that person deserves to get mugged off because they didn't test it. And it's just like, really and truly, if you bought it, you wouldn't know any different and you would have done exactly the same and you would have ended up the same because the money would have been exchanged by the time the money's exchanged and you've got to this point where you know we don't know how many gold bars that there may have been in the whole transaction so you know the first couple might have been true gold bars but the other five ten fifteen or more may have just been tungsten so you're still left holding the bag yeah yeah it's just one that is, it's just so easy to verify Bitcoin. You know, you just, you buy some Bitcoin, you just send it to your ledger and you just know that you're part of the 21 yeah. million. You, you know the exact supply. You, you know that you have some Bitcoin on the BTC blockchain and you just, you don't need to do any further verification really. It's just, you, you've got it. You've got your address. But when it, whenever you buy that bit of gold, you've got to do a load of tests. You don't know who, who you're buying it off, how much you're going to buy. Unless you've seen it melted down and made it some, into some jewellery, then you can be pretty confident. But if you're buying a lump of gold in any shape or form for like a store value, you don't know. And it just doesn't make sense either anyway. Come on, let's just say you put your net worth into, into gold and then 
what we think is going to happen, the fall of fear is going to happen, right? What are you going to do with that gold, really? How are you going to live day to day when you've got a lump of gold that is probably worth, if let's just say gold becomes the store of value of the world, right? So you've got, you've got a gold bar that used to be worth 10 grand. It's now worth 100 million. How are you going to break that down into pieces and actually be able to use yeah. it? It's, it's so ridiculous. Got change for 100 million. Anyone change for 100 million? I know. For Whereas Change. with your Bitcoin, it's like, oh, guess what? It's already divided down into 100 million Satoshis per Bitcoin. There, there you go. All done. Lightning Network transfers it globally anywhere you want instantly. Send one Satoshi if you want. Done. It's, it's mm-hmm. not even a fair fight to compare gold with Bitcoin. It's just we beat mm-hmm. it on every single measure other than history. So all gold has is history. But... All old forms of money have history until they fall. There you have it. All right. Uh, Giga Chad is stacking again. And now when he's stacking, <laughs> sleep easy. <laughs> uh, because MicroStrategy has repaid their loan of uh, 205 million uh, Bitcoin collateralized loan in full at 20, uh, 22% discount for 160 million. And I take it that's because of the amount of money printing that has gone on since they took the um, the loan out. Well, I think the Silvergate went bust as well. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. And then at the same time, they've acquired 6,455 extra Bitcoin. And so now MicroStrategy, as part of their strategy of being a software business and also a Bitcoin holding and acquiring business, now holds 138,955 Bitcoin on its balance sheet. Just, I read a stat today, but one out of every 151 Bitcoin belongs to MicroStrategy. <laughs> that is insane. One out of 151? Yeah. Yeah, well, if you so guess... literally, they are, like, country size. So you get mm. hyper-Bitcoinization, they have a significant share because um, if you think in the nations, the US owns or owns about 30% of the world wealth within the US. And for a single entity, they're, you know, coming up towards a percent and might even reach it. Yeah. The, the, this Really, the, the the escape raft we all need to be on, really, is the fucking sailor one. Yeah, he's going to be the one that... But, built, but isn't it scary? Aren't the potential um, yeah. problems with this? He'd have too much wealth and power. And this is, like, the... Um, the fiat standard. Well, not really, because he's going to have a load of wealth, but he it's proof of work. He's earned it. And it's just going to be, he's not going to be able to hold power forever. He's going to have a, a limited amount of this Bitcoin. Eventually, it's going to have to be spent. And but don't um, you yeah, end up with like a monarchy, which is self-fulfilling. You know, it just rattles around like these unelected monarchies almost because he's that rich and powerful. Yeah, look, it, it, one person having this much wealth is going to be isn't isn't desirable. Yeah, because they they spent four billion on it so far, which is obviously a, a ridiculous amount of money to buy Bitcoin for. And yeah, if we we one hundred x from here, he's the richest guy on the planet by a country mile. And then hundred yeah. x is only is only just getting started. So 
yeah, he's going to basically have everything. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an enormous amount of money, uh, but we, Jesus, there's nothing we can do, is there? It, this is the this is what I say about you know how are we going to switch from one standard to another? How do we make sure it's a little bit more fair? More people get on board. Everyone gets Bitcoin for the price they deserve, and Sailor has done obviously very very well in the fiat world, and he's decided to convert a huge chunk of this fiat into Bitcoin. No one can stop him. The network can't stop him. We shouldn't be able to stop him. What he does with this huge amount of wealth when the time comes, we've got to hope he, he he he's a force for good and not evil. It'll be Mecca Mecca Sailor <laughs> tearing down countries in his Mecca suit. <laughs> yes, it is kind of nuts. Because it's funny that even like people were talking about this Silvergate loan and they were wondering like, oh, does does he not have to pay it off now? They've gone bust. Did he lose any Bitcoin in this? Like where was the Bitcoin held? Did they have it as collateral? And I think they did have some collateral of it. So I think Silvergate did own a shit ton of his Bitcoin uh, as collateral to make sure he paid back the loan that he took, which he then bought even more Bitcoin with, I think. So he's now managed to get a discount because they went under. He's only he paid 22% less than he should have. And then mm. just probably with the gains, just gone, oh, fuck it, I'll just have to throw 100, another 150 million into Bitcoin. And it's, it's Yolo just kind of, kind of nuts. It's, it's, it's fucking... It's one opportunistic, hell of isn't it? Because it was, not, it was never under the understanding that Silvergate were going to go bust. So, you know, it was always his intention to pay back the loan in full. And uh, lo and behold, everything that's happened has transpired and it's allowed him to buy those extra Bitcoin. Sweet. Last story of the week. Crazy. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, yeah. Bitcoin meme wars. So uh, this is taken from citadel21.com, a great staple website with lots and lots of Bitcoin content. Uh, You know, again, if we were talking earlier on about book club, let's say, uh, but if you you really want to get into uh, Bitcoin and you don't know where to start, Citadel21 is a a great knowledge hub. Uh, for everything Bitcoin. Um, so, so first of all, I guess ultimately you know, we cover off what's a meme and how memes work. You know, I'm not going to teach you how to suck eggs and that, but uh, Bitcoin really does love a meme. And uh, I think we love a meme because it's just so simple. You know, a, a picture tells a thousand words. But in here, we're talking about the Bitcoin meme wars so one of those wars is uh printing money versus fixing the money uh one which i'm a big fan of yeah i mean any wars spring spring to mind any wars guys yeah the the bitcoin wars like i mean we do and we've just covered it there um in the story before in terms of bitcoin versus gold and the memes i'm sure that Aligned to that, but any specific wars that are close to your heart? Oh, and there's been loads. Obviously, there's the the shitcoin ones. Uh... Well, that's ongoing. 
yeah, and shitcoin sure. memes. Um, it's just like, yeah, just the, the laughing memes. It's the Matrix meme. It's just like it's just mm. you know, a lot of memes towards no coiners. You know that they just don't get it, and uh, they just want to be plugged yeah. in. The, the yeah, memes the against the vegans. Yeah, yeah. Against the, the ESG people. This. What would, what would Mrs. No Show think about those memes? <laughs> Where you try and shoot them. Um, the fiat self versus the Bitcoin self. That's a that's a good one. Uh, uh, you know, if you think about it. Yeah, once upon a time we had a fiat self mind as well, and then slowly but surely, you know, who may have read the Bitcoin Standard or another, or you know, orange pill by a friend or a family member, then you look back at yourself and think, "Wow, why did I ever think that?" Or, or, or why do they then think that? And how can you help them? And I think that's one where you're just like, "Oof, it's unbelievable." Yeah, the meme I like he puts in here, one after my own heart here. He says, many a Bitcoiner's journey can be summed up as follows. Number one, what the fuck is this? Number two, <laughs> what the fuck is that? Number three, what the fuck? Number four, the fuck? Five, fuck, six, all in. <laughs> and that is just the journey, right? It's just the, yeah. the beginning of the journey is just what the fuck? Like you just go, this can't be real. You can't, This all that isn't a lie. And then you go, oh, it is. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh shit like you just keep going down the rabbit hole realizing how corrupt the existing system is and you just go all in <laughs> that's the that's the final step of a bitcoiner's journey just going yep i am yeah. fucking out of that shit <laughs> i'm into bitcoin it's true it's true uh, and, I, and i see it myself with uh you know from back in 2017 a little bit here a little bit more and then carrying on and then big money dumps come along the way and um you know we were talking about a certain stock share price and it's full from grace but i myself pulled out of that stock and put my money into bitcoin and i'm glad i made that choice uh but it, it's all part of the journey yeah i liked it never quote um, i liked in here actually is um every man is happy until happiness is suddenly a goal Mm. and uh it, it links to um a video called happiness and it's just a four minute video of literally a rat winning a race and um I, I watched it and i think i had seen it before but it's a great just little short video of um a rat basically winning a race and it's you know he's in the classic rat race clogged up streets can't fighting to get on the tube standing in queue for everything and everything's advertised at him as Happiness, or it would be burgers, TVs, whatever, and it's just you'll be happy once you have this thing. And guess what? He never is. Eventually, ends up hitting the bottle, gets drunk, falls. It works for a little bit, but then he falls off off that. It's not. He's not happy anymore. So then he finds medication, and he's like, "Oh, he's fucking blissful once he's taken popping some pills." But guess what? The come down happens, and you realize he's not happy again, and then. There's this um, there's a hundred dollar note floats in front of him and he he starts chasing it and it falls into a into a rat trap and it slams down on his head and he gets the hundred dollars and his hands are just there and he has to start typing on a computer and it zooms out and this is a load of rats 
in traps, typing on computers, and you just go, holy shit, that's powerful. Because <laughs> when you that's that's the fear debt slavery system, right? That's the system they they want us to live in, and that's the system that they think is um is okay. It, it's fine that we have to fucking beg, steal, and borrow. And and the fiat world is just it's all about time preference. You know, this is the, the whole rat race thing is have a high time preference, earn as much money as you can, but spend it. You've got to show your wealth. Uh, whereas when you compare it to a, a Bitcoiner's view of the world, it's low time preference. It's share to earn money, but spend time with your your family. So spend time with what's 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 worthwhile. Eat well. Don't worry about all the trappings that wealth can can bring you. If you can afford it, then great. But don't get into debt. Uh, and and don't just chase the latest trends, whether it be trainers or TVs or whatever. Just because when it all comes down to it, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Uh, it's a great article though this so there's there's so many it's it's almost like I, I think we could make a whole show on yeah these yeah uh, i was thinking that when i was doing the research ahead of uh today's pod thinking you know we could literally talk about each subject matter and the meme that goes along with it yeah it's it is awesome but uh, i love the the fiat memes that are mixed in here you know the whole you own nothing and be happy yeah. Well, welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. <laughs> these are real quotes from the World Economic Forum, and they 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 think these are good quotes. <laughs> that, that, this is in their marketing material. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and then Christine Lagarde's in here saying we should be happier to have a job than to have our savings protected. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So hold on, what have I got a job for? Yeah. Isn't that to earn money so I can then save and then retire and earn a good life? What is the point in a job if you steal my savings out the back end, you dumb woman? And again, that's a real quote from the president of European Central Bank. <laughs> this is not some Muppet. This is the top woman, it, supposedly. Well, it's um a woman who um who was dumb for some kind of financial misdemeanors in France and then give them a top job over European Central Bank. I think it was fraud, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So, and now she runs European Central Bank. It just says it all, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. And literally, and you'd think that even though she's blatantly a puppet, at least pretend that, like, how can you say that, what, you've got a job, don't worry the fact that your life savings get stolen. Like, what kind of person can actually say that out loud and think that, that was a sensible thing? Well, to she's say? a fraudster. She don't give a shit. <laughs> but it's not even a good lie, right? At least lie. How will you curb inflation? You will see. Yeah. <laughs> but, but how are you going to do it? It will come. It will come. Oh. How? It will come. <laughs> <laughs> but Christina, it's doubled. It will come. <laughs> <laughs> all right well there we have it another pod brought to you by the world's most bullish podcast the four b's in sync and we are probably i should have said at the start of the show and i'm gonna maybe add it into our intro we are the unsponsorable podcast <laughs> aren't we sponsored uh, by bitcoin lessons oh yeah Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, paid paid for those scampy fries. <laughs> yeah. 
um, Mr. Rowling, aka the Trillion Dollar Man, Dr. Evil 10%, aka the People's Champ, myself, Sir Neverlook, aka the Excellence of Execution, and of course, Mrs. No Show. Still, Mrs. No Show. Pod 92. Peace.